Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You got to start small. Right. You know, like it's amazing how much you can change your life with just 15 minutes a day. Absolutely. So just give me five push-ups. Yeah, yeah. You can't do five. Okay. Give me three. Yeah. Because yeah. if you do that long enough, you're going to get to five. Absolutely. Right? Don't wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to run a marathon. Just yeah. give me, put on your clothes and go walk for a block. Yeah. Because all of the power really lies in momentum. Yes. The more you make those small decisions to invest in yourself, the momentum will eventually build and that will carry you and make it easier to do more and more and more. Yo, what's going on, fam? It's your boy, Anthony O'Neill. Welcome back to The Table with your boy, A.O. And I was cracking up laughing because uh, at the beginning of the show, they did the um, whole movie thing where, they, you know, they clapped to start off everything, and it said T-T-A-O. T-T-A-O. And I was like, no, no, no. It's The Table with Anthony O'Neill, not The <laughs> Table Anthony O'Neill. But, hey, it's all good because here today we're keeping it real relevant and relatable. And I'm so pumped today because we have my boy, my brother, T.K. Coleman in the building today. And I'm really excited. But before we jump to him, listen, um, every single Monday I'm dropping a brand new episode that's helping you when it comes to your money, when it's coming to your relationships, when it comes to just building success. But I'm talking to a select group of people throughout the week, every single day, giving them encouragement, giving them some free tools. So what I want you to do, if you want to be a part of this small, select group of people. I want you to text me right now. I'm going to make sure we put it on the screen somewhere. And if you listen to the podcast or on YouTube, it'll be in the show notes. So text this number 615-930-3431. Again, that's 615-930-3431 because you never know. I may have some more behind the scene footage with my boy TK Coleman, who's in the building. What's up, brother? What's going on, brother? Man, listen, man. You know, podcast world can't uh, see... Uh, you know, what's really making you smile behind you. You know, you have your beautiful wife, your beautiful queen. I won't call her out, won't say her name, um, <laughs> and I won't call her to the table, but I see why you got a good swag to yourself, bro. <laughs> uh, but TK, man, tell the people a little bit about you before we jump in, because I want to talk to you about something that's important to me that I think needs to be, a conversation needs to be had. Uh, but real quick, let's say in 30 seconds, just tell the, tell the world, tell my listeners just a little bit about who TK Coleman is. I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Okay. I grew up in the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls dynasty. So <laughs> those six championships I could really appreciate. I'm a pastor's son. Okay. First thing that my father ever taught me is that your number one priority in life is to discover and do what makes you come alive. Ooh. You were created for a purpose. Yep. You're not here by happenstance. And you've got to become who you were born to be. And if yeah. you don't know what that is, then that is the work for you to do. Yeah. And so my mission in life is to convince as many people as I can mm -hmm. that they have the permission and the power 
to be the predominant creative force in their own lives. Mm. That's what drives me. That's what gets me up out of bed mm. uh, to help awaken people to a sense of their own personal power so that they can get the most out of life and bring the most to it, man. That's what truly fires me up. I'm not doing that because I think that makes me a good person. I'm doing that because that's what makes my heart sing. <laughs> DK, DK did it in 30 seconds, brother. He's a professional at this. Boy, I love it. I love it. I love it. So let's dive in. Uh, because here at the table, I don't waste time. I don't do a bunch of fluff. Yeah. I get straight into the content. So get comfortable. Drink your water. Drink your coffee. So a few weeks ago, I talked about really the difference between having a dream and a vision. Mm. And I broke it down like, hey, everything does start with the dream. But sooner or later, that dream has to become a vision. And how do we go from dreaming to actually practically doing this? I want to ask you this because you're, you're about helping people define their purpose. Mm. What do you do when you don't know what your dream is? Yeah. Well, you've got to discover what makes you come alive before you decide what you're going to commit to. Okay. And one of the main problems I see with the way a lot of people approach dreams is they treat Find your passion as if it's some sort of philosophical puzzle for them mm. to figure out. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll take a survey and ask everyone what they think. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll read a bunch of books. Maybe I'll meditate and introspect. And once I figure out the puzzle, what I want to do, I'll go out there and do it. And that's not how life works that way. Okay. Imagine what dating would be like if we did that. Ooh. Imagine if we went on a date okay. and on the very first date, we're sitting there thinking, hey, uh, uh, is this going to be my husband? Is this going to be my wife? Imagine if you're 19 years old and you're tormenting yourself trying to figure out who you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Yeah. You probably shouldn't know the answer to right. that question. The way you get the answer to that question is by being willing to go on a date. How about just flirting with someone you like first? Ooh. How about just asking someone out for a cup of coffee and seeing how the first conversation goes? Hmm. Well, if that doesn't work out, Knowing what you don't like is immensely valuable. If it does work out, hey, don't get married yet. How about a second conversation? Ooh. It's a process of discovery. Okay. You explore, you experiment, you try things out, you find out things about yourself, and that's where the guidance comes from. So what I would say to anybody who feels like, well, I want to do what I love, but I don't know what I love, I would say don't force yourself to find your passion. Mm -hmm. Instead, instead, start with your curiosities and follow those. If you're interested in choir, just try it. See what yeah. it feels like. Yeah. You want to take a math class, but you're not sure you want to do math for the rest of your life? Take a math class. Try it. Some things are going to be more enjoyable than you would have anticipated. Some things less enjoyable. And eventually that knowledge begins to come together. And one day you wake up and you say, man, I'm in love with this person and I want to spend the rest of my Ooh. life with them. But you didn't get there by solving an intellectual puzzle. You got there through experience by yeah. being willing to try things before you knew what you would end up doing for the rest of your life. How do you now, TK? I'm 44. 44. I'll be 44 in November. Let me give myself you, that you extra. You don't look like it, brother. I'm just going to be real. I'll say, dang, TK, 44. Wait, where? I thought you were younger than me. But nah, you, bro, you got swag. What's your dream now as a married man at 44 years old? Mm. So for me at this stage of my life, my dream and my sense of mission are one and the same. Okay. And my goal in life is to to really help other people make sense out of their own dreams. Okay. I have given myself the permission to try everything that I want to try in life. And so I don't have any dreams that I haven't tried. Yeah. Bro, I auditioned for American Idol and did not win. Yeah. I've been on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader and made a fool out of myself on national <laughs> TV. Every girl that I have ever liked, I asked her out. Uh -huh. And a lot of them said no, yeah, yeah. right? Everything that I wanted to try, I have tried. Mm. And so I know what it's like to go after the things that you want. 
And I want to help other people embrace the beauty and the power and the wisdom and the joy that comes from giving themselves permission to just go after what God has put in their hearts. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about on the family side? In, any any dreams on that side for you, your, your wife, your family? Oh, yeah, man. We want to have children. Okay. And I, I would look at that as the, the greatest extension of that Ooh. dream that I just described. Yeah. yeah. To, to give that gift of faith. Mm. And give that gift of love yeah. to children. I, yeah. I would, my wife and I, we get along so well. We're we're great friends. We're great partners. And I would I would love to know what it's like to experience my wife mm-hmm. as the mother of my children. Ooh. I would love to know what it's like to have that partnership with her. She's smiling at you yeah. right now. I just want you to know, don't look at it, but yeah. she's smiling at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, when I hear you talk about that, TK man, you know that's my dream. And a lot of people may be not really surprised. I think when it comes to the career aspect. That's second, mm-hmm. you know. When I think about my ultimate dream is I remember little kids. I, I remember pictures being, yeah. you know, two, three, four, five years old, my mom would say. And I remember um, pictures of my parents struggling. Mm-hmm. I remember pictures of me, my mom, and my um, father in California having to sleep uh, on the couch that turned into a bed, you know, at nighttime. But then at daytime, that bed turned into a couch and we slept on it. You know, I remember um, struggling and, and, and driving a van with, with no seats in the back because we just didn't have the funds to get it. And so when I remember all that stuff, you know, I, I grew up with great loving parents, uh, some, some strong, strong, strong parents who have made me the man I am today. But then also I remember not having the things that I wanted. Mm-hmm. not being able to have some of the things that we needed when we needed them. Eventually we got them, but not exactly when we needed them. I remember seeing my mom cry sometimes because, um, you know, she was kind of hurt that her kids say this Christmas wasn't a good Christmas. We didn't get everything we wanted. Um, I remember not going out of the country, not having having family vacations. And my ultimate dream is, is I want to be the best father, you know, the best uh, husband, Uh, to my family. The ultimate dream for me when I think about this is I came into the world crying, but I'm going to leave this world smiling. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to be looking up at my wife and and my kids and their spouses and hopefully their kids. And I'm smiling because I'm leaving my family uh, with wealth, with joy, with peace, with freedom. I want my wife to be like, yo, my husband served not just you all in the community, but before he served you all in the community to help you all get out of debt, to help you accomplish your dreams and your goals and success. He served us at home well. Yeah. And it's like that dream just inspires me to go. And so when I hear you talking about just get out there and just be curious, you know, my dreams came from what I saw. And mm-hmm. then when I came over here to this world that I'm in with the Dave Ramseys, the Mark Cubans, and the Bishop T.D. Jakes and stuff like that, I'm like, yo, wait a minute. Over here, growing up, I didn't experience this. But when I stepped out and I started seeing, yo, you can be financially free. I can drive a real nice car, be debt free. I can have nice things and not live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, let, I, that taste changed everything for me. Yeah. And so when you say go out there and really experience it, Ooh, brother, I, I fell in love with this debt-free life. But we're, we're not here to talk about money today. Well, can I say one piece about that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk to me. We got time, brother. I love everything you just said because we need to at least spend a minute on this because I feel like whenever the subject of financial literacy and financial education comes up, especially in Christian context, Ooh. 
that message is often rebuked as, oh, you're just preaching the prosperity gospel and you're telling people that everybody needs to own five cars and five oh, houses. Come on, TK. And I think one of the best ways to diminish the truth and mm-hmm. keep people from receiving things that are going to bring freedom into their lives is to oversimplify it and attack a straw man. Okay. Most of the people that I meet that are passionate about financial education have stories like you yeah. where you know what it means to wrestle with anxiety Mm -hmm. and frustration Mm -hmm. because of a lack of resources. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that God has called any of us to live in financial anxiety. Jesus was talking about something when he said, seek ye first the kingdom kingdom of God and all else will be added unto you. Now, I agree with my brothers who say when he he was talking about the all all else, he didn't mean you'll own five cars. But he was talking about something. He was calling us to a life of inner freedom where we feel like we are capable of doing what God has called us to to do without feeling like we need the permission of money. Like, I'm sorry, but if if a lack of money is capable of defeating the promises of God, then you've got to ask yourself, whose promises are you really following? One of the best definitions of prosperity I've ever heard is prosperity is having enough of God's provisions to complete his instructions for your life. I also heard it said, where Jesus leads, Jesus feeds. I also heard it said, where God guides, God provides. Elijah didn't have a million dollars. He didn't have a bank account, okay? He didn't have five cars. But when he was alone, how am I going to eat? God says, I'm going to send you a raven. Come on, man. And the raven will feed you. And I see the message of Scripture all throughout the Bible is I have been young. Yes. And now I am old. Yes. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. Everybody's going to have a different amount of resources. But if God has called you to do something, you better believe it, that when you walk the path that wears your name Mm -hmm. and go the places that God has called you to go, Mm -hmm. even the seas will part so Mm -hmm. that you can go where you need to go and do what you need to do if that's what's required. God's provision always accompanies God's purposes. So don't dismiss the importance of financial and financial financial literacy and financial education is just some oversimplified message of everybody needs to be a millionaire irrespective of their calling in life. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, the end of the show. That was The Table <laughs> with TK Coleman, uh, where we keep it real, relevant, and relatable. Bro, you just shut that down because here's the thing. I hate those preachers that come behind the preacher and try and preach behind them. So I'm not going to do that with you. Uh, But I would definitely say this. Why is it that the kingdom, we are the broke ones. We follow the world. How come we cannot have enough money to start schools? How come we can't have enough money uh, to build homes for the community? How come we are not leading the world? The Bible says, be in the world, but not of the world. And we need finances to build something strong. It shouldn't be your Beyonce's and your your Jay-Z's, your LeBron James that's leading the world. No, the kingdom should be doing that. And it takes finances to have that. That's why I'm so passionate about this message, bro. Yeah, I, I think we we need to make a distinction between contentment and incompetence. Yes, sir. God calls us to be content. Yes. He does not call us to be incompetent. <sighs> content is when you live a life of appreciation for all that God has given you, and you do not allow yourself to envy other people who might have more because yes. you don't know what God's purposes yes, are yes, for their yes. lives. Incompetence is when you experience all kinds of unnecessary frustrations in yep. your life 
because you have not been a good steward over the opportunities God has given you to learn, to develop new skills, to expand your network, and so forth. God wants us to study, to show ourselves approved. He wants us to develop competencies. And so many problems in life, we're trying to force ourselves to be content with, Mm -hmm. and God called us to be more than conquerors and to overcome those problems. You can't be content with everything because some things you are here to change. TK. TK, man. TK, give me some love, brother. You, you my guy, brother. You, you, you know what? You, you my guy. We can move on, man. I know no, no, I, I know. We, I made us talk yeah, about yeah, no, 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 this. No, no, no. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how to move on in this because you're hitting on something. All right, let's, let's stay there. All right, yep. so let's talk about this. Let's say someone's dream right now. So uh, 70% of the people who listen to me on a daily basis, mm-hmm. right, they want to get out of debt. They want to build wealth. So let's just say their dream is to get out of debt build wealth, start a business, right? So let's talk about this. How do we take that dream to a decision, to an actual item, to where we are going to now go after and accomplish this dream? Yeah. Oh, just one more thing, Anthony. Uh-oh. Because you talked about how so many people like want to get out of debt, right? Yeah, yeah. And everybody has a different story. Yeah. But But back to this point about the unfair criticisms of people who preach messages of financial literacy, isn't it something? Isn't it something that we can make all kinds of bad decisions mm-hmm. to get ourselves into debt? And and somehow it's it's ungodly to have a conversation <laughs> about making good decisions to, to get, get out. out. Oh my gosh. We, we we didn't have a problem with the sin that and the and the total violation on, of biblical bro. principles that led Come to the accumulation on, of debt. Come but on, all of brother. a sudden we want to attack any message that tells us let's focus on what the Bible says about oh, that. Come man. on, man. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah okay. man. You're, okay. you're hitting it good. You're hitting it good. You're hitting it good. How, you, you're hitting it good. So how do we go from yeah. a dream to it's actually happening? Yes. So we have to make a distinction between um, preferences yep. and priorities. Yep. Your preferences are the things that you want. Yeah. If I could wave a magic wand and give you something, would that make you feel good? Okay, that's yeah. your preference. Your priorities are the things that you're willing to put first. Yes. The things that you're willing to do difficult things in order to obtain. Yeah. Your life will never be a reflection of your preferences. Mm-hmm. It's always a reflection of your priorities. And so if there's a, pre- a preference you have and you want to actualize that preference, well, you've got to ask yourself, how can I create space in my life mm. to put that thing first? Mm-hmm. Where a lot of people get it wrong is they assume that in order to transform a preference to a priority, they got to do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. So if you work a job and you work 12 hours a day, well, I don't have three, four hours to work on that thing. You've got to start small. Right. You know, like it's amazing how much you can change your life with just 15 minutes a day. Absolutely. Uh, I, I have a video on, on YouTube called Non-Zero Days, and mm-hmm. it's a concept about how much you can transform your life just by committing to making every day a day that's not zero. Yeah. So just give me five push-ups. Yeah, yeah. You can't do five? Okay, give me three. Because yeah, yeah. if you do that long enough, you're going to get to five. Absolutely. Right? Don't wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to run a marathon. Just yeah. give me, put on your clothes and go walk for a block. Yeah. Because all of the power really lies in momentum. Yes. The more you make those small decisions to invest in yourself, the momentum will eventually build and that will carry you and make it easier to do more and more and more. So good. But, but a lot of people hinder their own growth by convincing themselves that in order to be true to my dream— well, I've got to do it all the time. Mm -hmm. And so then people get caught up with this idea of like, well, I must not really be a writer because two days have gone by and I haven't written anything and it's not easy for me to do all the time and I don't make a lot of time for it. Don't do that to yourself. Start small within the context of your life as it is right now. 
create the space to just do a little bit every day and build momentum. You know, and I could be saying this wrong. There's a philosophy that I that I saw and that I actually love. It's like, hey, we don't want you to, if you're going straight, we don't want you to hit a hard left. What we want you to do is just take take a degree. Yeah. And then eventually, as you're moving forward, you know, you're, you're going to see some separation. You're going to see some change. And I think oftentimes people feel as if you got to do a hard, complete left. No, like you said, start small. If you only do three a day, three push-ups a day, cool, great. If you only can save a dollar a day, cool, great. That dollar would turn into 30. That 30 would turn into 60. That 60 would turn into 120. Start small. And I think when we can really get that down in our heads, like, hey, you know what? It's cool. I don't have to sit here and and be like this person, do it like that. No. What's the difference between your priorities and your preferences? One person called me um, on the Dave Ramsey show and she said, hey, I need a car. I said, okay, cool. I agree. You need a car. I said, so what do you think about buying? Well, I'm going to go buy a BMW. Yeah. No, wait, 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 wait. Let's talk about this. You need a car, but your preference is a BMW. But that's not the priority. The priority is you need a reliable car to get you from point A to point B. Now, if you're really going to get out of debt, you can't go out there and buy a $50,000 vehicle. You know, you got to start with what are your clear priorities? And I think priorities, let me ask you this question. Mm. Priorities come from really identifying your why. Yeah. Like, why do you, where are you going? Why do you want this? And then when you really identify that, then your priorities really help you get there and they can even change. Yeah. I, th- I think that's right on the money. Brother, well, <laughs> listen, man. <laughs> you, you need a button you can push? No. You, you get the little crowd. <sighs> now, listen, bro. Listen, 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 man. Listen, man. For those of y'all just joining in, man, this 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 is the table with Anthony O'Neill. I got my boy TK Coleman in here, man, and we're just diving in. And he preached the first first five minutes he talked. Um, if you don't know him, we're going to put all of his social media information uh, in the show notes. So make sure you check it out. Don't forget, if you want to join uh, this little private group of people that I'm, I'm building right now, I want you to text my number 615-930-3431. I'm sending out some uh, some tips, some tricks, uh, some, uh, some, some really cool stuff to really help you reach your goals. But today, we're really talking about how do we do this thing with dreams and with vision. So here, I got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, TK, I got a real good question for you. Let's say someone has a dream, right? Mm. But they're scared of failure. Mm. Let's say someone says, all right, this is my dream. I want to be out of debt. I want to be this. I want to do that. And when they look down the road, they see there's a possibility, a strong possibility that they could fail. Not just once, but several times trying to get to that dream, that goal, that vision. Mm. What would you say to that individual right now um, who's saying, you know what, I, I want to be debt free, but I, I know people are going to clown on me because I don't have this car and, or I want to go out and, and pursue this acting job, but I may fail at, at the, at the you know, um, tryouts. I mean, I, I want to I join this basketball team, but you know what, I, I can't shoot like that. I may fail. Um, hey, I want to be in a relationship, but I may fail at some things in a relationship. What yeah. do you say to that individual? Well, first, I'm going to be the bearer of bad news. Uh-oh. When you follow your dreams, I don't think it's possible that you may fail. I think it's absolutely certain that you're going to fail. Oh, wait, 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 bro. Bro, don't say that. I think— Don't say that, bro. So I reject this idea that when you wish upon a star, it makes no difference who you are. I believe that if you're the type of person mm-hmm. who follows a dream, you will probably be heartbroken and disappointed in ways that you could never even imagine. Wow. Here's the problem, though. We live in a culture that tells us that 
the best reason for following a dream mm -hmm. is that we may get everything that we want. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I believe that dreams are a form of spiritual practice. Okay. The purpose for following a dream isn't that we might get everything we want. Yeah. But it's rather we will get to become a superior version of ourselves in spite of the failures mm. that happen along the way. Mm. On the other side of your fears, on the other side of all the challenges that await you when you pursue a dream yeah. is a version of you yeah. that is funnier than yep. the person that's yep. listening right now, that's wiser than the person that's listening right now, that's more empathetic than the person that's listening right now. And you don't get to become that version of yourself unless you face your fears and go after the things that are in your heart. Ooh. You know what's funny? When I grew up, my father's a pastor, yeah. and I heard a lot of preachers coming up. There was this one preacher that my brother and I loved to listen to, man. Right. And the reason he was so interesting to us is because he used to be really passionate about basketball, and he thought he was going to go to the NBA. He tried out for the Golden State Warriors, actually, and he never made the NBA. Are you serious? The preacher that was the most interesting to us was the guy who tried to become an NBA player and failed. Yeah, yeah. Every time that guy taught, we wanted to listen because there was something about a man who knew what it was like to face a dream, yeah. follow it, and say, all right. Absolutely. It didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, but I came out on the other side a better person that made us new. He was our guy. Yeah. The pearl of great price when it comes to your story in life is to be the kind of person who can represent to others mm -hmm. what it means to be true to yourself. Yeah, yeah. And if you're going to teach people, if you're going to influence people, if you're going to serve people, you don't want to be caught up in the business of telling folks to follow their dreams when you can't say the same about your own life. I, I never want someone to look at me and be like, Ooh. Mr. Coleman, did you follow your dream? Oh, no, I just wrote a book about it so you can <laughs> pay me $20 to follow yours. No way. No way, brother. I'm going to be ready for that question every day, all day. Bruh. Yes, young man, I follow all of my dreams. And some of them I actually won. Yes. Some of them I actually lost. But with the ones that I lost, I developed more courage. And yeah. everything that is good in my life yeah. is the result of either a dream I succeeded at achieving or a dream that I failed at. They're all valuable because you know what the real prize is? Yeah. It's not the thing that you get when you follow a dream. The real prize is the actualization of your own potential. Yes. It's becoming who you were born to be. Moses mm. did not get the opportunity to enter into the promised land, mm. but by walking the path that God called him to walk, he became something that he could not have otherwise been. Man, bro, you, 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 you teaching good here, man. I, I agree with you. I'm a golfer. Do you play golf? Nah. Oh, man, I got to teach you on that. I, I'm, I, I, I gotta, I'm open, man. I mean, that, that, that's the sport that I believe every wise man should be playing. Um, so I picked up a game of golf, and um, I'm a member of a of a private club here in Tennessee, right? And so hole number uh, 10 is like the hardest hole um, on, our, on our south course. And every time I get to that hole, TK, every time for the last three years, I, I would just say, you know what, I'm going to— I'm going to double bogey this one. And double bogey means that I, I don't hit it on time. Like, I hit two over. Yeah. Uh, because to really make it, you have to hit over a long, long, long lake. Like a long pond. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to lose no balls. Because I spent a lot of money for these balls. I don't look like a fool. <laughs> right. You know? So I'm like, and then here's the thing. I'm sitting there one day, and I'm sitting there golfing. And there's just this old, 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 old man. And he gets up there, and he hits over the lake. Mm. And he sees me. I line up to hit on the safe side. Yeah. He says, young man, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, I'm about to hit. No, 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 no. Go for it. 
I was like, no, 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 I, I can't make that. I, I'm scared. You scared? You scared to learn how to do it, son? I was like, scared to learn how to? No, I'm scared to lose my ball. He said, hey, son, you know how many balls I've lost in this pond? I was like, how many? He said, probably about like 500 balls. But you're younger than me and stronger than me. If I can do that, so can you. But you have to be willing to lose some balls. Come on. And I said, ah. So I, I, I changed my position. <laughs> I go grab a, a longer club to, yeah. to, to do it. And, bro, I, I failed. Mm. I failed. So we get over there to, um, I had to drop, because when you land in the water, you got to drop near where you, you uh, failed at, right? Here's his first question. He didn't say, it's okay. He said, so what did you learn? I was like, what do you mean? He said, what did you learn? And he was like, let's talk about your swing. What did you learn not to do the next time you come to this hole? And I was like, yo. And we literally talked about and dissected my swing. And he said, hey, son, when you fail, you learn. When you learn, you improve. When you improve, you grow. Oh, wow. And now today, I can get over that pond so easy because earlier last year, I said, yo, I'm going to lose as many balls as I need to lose so I can learn how to play golf. So now when I go over to any course, any world, when I see long water, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because I want to fail because I want to know what am I capable of doing. And if I'm always staying within my comfort zone, I'm not growing. Nothing extraordinary is going to happen. If I want to beat the course, I have to get over that water. And if you want to beat life, you have to get over your sweet spot, your comfort zone. You got to be willing to step outside of your comfort zone and be willing to fail. Michael Jordan was willing to take the last shot. He was willing to fail. That's why he is Michael Jordan. LeBron James, uh, well, let's leave that alone. Uh, cause, <laughs> you know, LeBron ain't willing to fail sometimes. He'll throw the ball. <laughs> Kick the ball, LeBron. If you're watching me right now, kid the ball, boy. Anyways, he's still the best player right now, but boy, good gracious. Anyways, um, what you talking with about? Basketball? Stick with it. Go ahead. What you want to talk about? Because if you're going to talk about basketball, bro, now wait a minute. I love football, but I love basketball more. So let, let's let's talk about it. What you going to say? For those who are listening, don't worry. I'm not going to go too deep. Who's your team in the basketball world? I'm from Chicago, man. So you're still a Bulls fan right now? I'm still now? a Bulls fan, man. What's the point of being a fan if I can't root for you when you do die? You li- do you and your wife live in Chicago right now? No. Where you live? We live in South Carolina. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you, yeah, you ain't got no team. I yeah, see why you're Chicago fan. Exactly, exactly. But hey, man, uh, I was a Cubs fan ever since I was a kid. When we okay. finally got that World Series, yeah, yeah. all that losing, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what made it feel so amazing. Yeah, yeah. But when I was in fifth grade and we were at basketball practice, the coach had us doing f- those figure eight drills where you learn how to work on your handles. Yeah, yeah. And for me, looking good was very important. Absolutely. And so I did the drills well. Yeah. And the coach was walking around and he looked at me. And he said it to everybody because he was a nice guy, but I knew he was talking to me. <laughs> he said, if you're not messing up, you're not doing it right. Ooh. One of my favorite definitions of learning comes from Chalmers Brothers in a book called The Pursuit of Happiness, Language yes. in the Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah, yeah. He says, learning is the process of doing what you don't know how to do while you don't know how to do it. Come on, man. Most of us like to avoid failure yeah. and avoid looking bad. So we say, I'm going to figure out how to do it first Yes. so I can get some guarantees of success. Then I'm going to do it. That way I don't look bad. Yes. But if that's the way you're going about it, you're not learning. Yeah, if yeah. you're not opening yourself to the experience of failure, you're simply not getting better. So whatever success you're experiencing, man, how can you enjoy that when you're such a shallow version so of who good. you're meant to be? Second thing I want to say about this fear. I think 
a lot of people only allow themselves to experience fear as a theory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fear as a theory is when you can form a mental picture of something bad that might happen and you avoid doing things that could bring about the manifestation of that picture. Yeah. That's experiencing fear as a theory. Yeah. Experiencing fear as a lived reality is entirely different. Good. That's when you go after the stuff that you want, even though you know some things may happen that you may not like. And one of the most interesting things about fear is that when you experience fear as a lived reality, you find that it's far less scary Absolutely. than when you experience it as a theory. As a theory, an yes. idea in your head, yes. a boogeyman about yes. all the different ways your friends are going to laugh at yes. you. Oh, it's so frightening. That's what I thought. Yeah. But then when you actually go after stuff— the lived reality is all of those things that you feared are the very things that make your life most interesting. 20, 30, 40 years from now, when you're telling your story, people are not going to want to hear the part where you're like, for 20 years, I showed up to work on time. I didn't make any mistakes. And I read a bunch of cool books. That is so boring. People are already asleep. Yep. yep. The part they're going to want to hear is, tell me about the time you asked that girl out and she laughed in your Bro, face. Huh, That's guess, the most interesting part of the story. I got several of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why I'm still single. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not, but that's real, man. You know, I, I'll tell you one of the greatest fears I got over was coming here. Mm. You know, I grew up in a very black culture, mm. uh, in a very strong black community. Uh, went to the second um, largest, oldest Baptist church, black Baptist church um, in the world um, before coming here. And when I told people I was coming to work with Ramsey, um, and be a personality and, and really take my message to a more diverse audience. Everybody, and I say everybody, but a lot of people within my world, within my culture said, you're going to fail. Hmm. A lot of people my, and my coaches say, you're not going to be accepted over there because you're black. You're not articulate as them and you don't sound as polished as them. You're going to fail. You're going to suck. Hmm. And it almost worked on me, bro. Because I remember the day before I signed the agreement uh, to come over here to the speakers group, I remember getting a phone call from a family member. And my family member saying, you're not going to win over there. And I got scared. And during that time, God said, do you trust men or do you trust me? Mm. And he told me, you will make mistakes. You are going to fail at some things. But I'm still going to be with you because you're doing what I'm telling you to do, not what men are telling you to do. And TK, I came over here scared. I came over here in fear because I'm like, okay, do I change who I am? And I'll be real. I changed a little bit of who I was. And God said, I ain't tell you to change. That's where I felt that. I made some horrible mistakes by trying to change a little bit of who I was to fit into a world that I wasn't familiar with. And God said, that was your first failure. I made so many mistakes, but I was willing to trust God and to do what he told me to do. And because I was willing to fail, and when I was failing, I was learning. That's, that is setting not just myself up, man, but I'm so grateful because I'm going to have so many stories to tell my kids. I'm going to be able to educate them on uh, why the world is divided. But hey, because I'm inside of both how, yo, listen, I love my black brothers and sisters just as much as I love my white brothers and sisters. And here's why. Here's uh, me making this decision was the main reason why I'm able to build the wealth that I am and leave my kids with wealth because I was willing to fail. I was willing to be in an unknown space. But while I was failing, I was learning. And still to this day, I'm making some mistakes. Uh, Because I believe when you play it safe, you don't experience 
something and really get to experience everything God has for you. He That's didn't right. play it safe. So why am I going to play it safe? Now, do I want to purposely go out there and fail? No. But am I just going to sit here because I know I'm perfectly safe? No. I'm yeah. not going to do it. I want to fail so I can learn. And I want to learn so I can improve. And I want to improve so I can grow and reach and accomplish and do everything God put me on this earth to do. But if you're not willing to fail, you're not willing to be successful. Man, that's it. Life itself is inherently risky. It reminds me of a, a moment in uh, C.S. Lewis's book, uh, his book series, Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, man. Uh, lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. When, when the kids are first hearing about Aslan, the yeah. Lion King of Narnia, one of the animals tells the kids that Aslan is good. And she experiences such comfort. And she says, oh, it's so good to know that he's safe. Mm-hmm. He said, safe? Who said anything about safe? Ooh. I said that he was good. Good. Not safe. Wow. And, uh, your story reminds me of um, wow. one of my favorite stories, Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Heard of The um, director for the Hayden Planetarium, probably the most uh, influential popularizer of, of physics today. Okay. When he, he he's always been interested in science ever since he was a kid. He would yeah. look up into the night sky and wonder what was going on. He would look at his toys and wonder how things came together. And so he knew that his place was in the sciences. And when he was in college, he had a friend, mm. uh, a guy that was a Rhodes Scholar. He respected him. And the guy was a black guy. Mm-hmm. And he told Dr. Tyson, he says, you know, you're a really intelligent, brother. And I think the plight of our people is such that you shouldn't waste your intelligence on physics. Mm. That's just so far removed from what our people need right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to be in politics so you can focus more directly mm. on the civil rights movement. Mm. That really weighed heavily on him. Mm. And he thought long and hard about his decision to, you know, continue in physics. But when it came down to it, he says, I can't deny what has been put in me. Yes. I can't stop wrestling with these hard questions about science. And yes. so he stuck with his gut. Years later, he's in grad school. Yeah. A reporter from a news station calls, and he happens to pick up. And they say, hey, there's this weird phenomenon happening in the sky. We're wondering if anybody there in the department can explain it. He gives a scientific-sounding explanation that I won't try to emulate. The person says, okay, would you mind saying that on TV? Yeah. And he said, sure. We're going to send a car to come get you and have you say all that. He comes down to the station. He gets on television. And he gives a message to the world about what's going on in the sky. He didn't say, hey, black people, everything's going to be okay. This is a message for the world. Yeah, yeah. He talks about it, and someone hears that, and they say, hey, we love the way you talk about science. Would you mind coming over to this school and giving that talk? Sure. He goes there. Someone there is like, hey, man, we really love the way you talk about science. Would you mind coming over here? Years later, he notices an interesting trend. A young brother comes up to him after an event. Dr. Tyson, today I'm a mechanical engineer because when I heard you speak years ago, I knew that success in the sciences was possible for me. Young black woman comes up to him. Dr. Tyson, today I'm studying medicine because when you talked about science, you made it so interesting. I said, I think that's my life calling to black person after black person. And all of a sudden he realizes that he has been having a positive influence on black communities, not because he did something out of guilt, not because he did something because it was safe, but because he did what God put in his heart to do. Howard Thurman civil rights activist and a minister said, ask not yourself what the world needs, (laughs) but rather what makes you come alive for that is what the world needs. People who have come alive. Yo, man, listen, bro. Bro, we could talk all day long. I just want... 
I just want you to know, man, you quote so many books, you make me feel like I need to just cut off the TV and just read. Every how, how many books do you read a month? I don't keep track, but I will tell you this. I don't read books because I think it's an important, dignified, intelligent thing to do. Mm. I read books because I love it. God has put that in my heart. Yeah, I yeah. love ideas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think the worst way to become smart is to read books for the purpose of becoming smart. I think the best way to become smart is to follow your curiosities mm. and be loyal to the questions that keep you awake at night. So good. Because those questions have an angelic function. They are messengers of God. The questions that, you know, resonate in your heart are designed to point you to possibilities that yeah, yeah. have clues for you about what you're here to do in this world. Yeah. And so I read irresponsibly and recklessly. I pick up a book, whether it's on the best-selling list or not, if it's interesting to me, I read it. Are people going to respect me for it? I don't care. The best <laughs> books to read are the ones that make my heart sing, man. Brother, yeah. man, you, you good, man. I'm reading two books a month. And I'm like, man, dude, do I need to read more? Like, this conversation has been so good. Um, and I wish we had another 30 minutes, but I want to leave with this. You text me something and you said, follow your dreams, but don't forget to let your dreams follow you. Mm. When you say, follow your dreams, but don't forget to let your dreams follow you, break that down, bro, as we come to a close. Who you are at the moment you are conceiving a dream mm. is different from who you will become after you go through all of the action steps necessary to pursue that dream. Mm. When you have a vision of what your life can be, let's say that's point A. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there are all sorts of questions you need to ask, places you need to go, things you need to learn, risks you need to take. Yeah. Those things transform you. Yeah. And one common mistake we can make is we can be so unconditionally loyal to dreams that we have had in the past. Yeah that we forget to upgrade those dreams in Come order on. to reflect the person that we have become over time. Come on. It may be the case that when you were in sixth grade, your idea of the good life was this very narrow, concrete thing. Yes. Okay. But after you pursue that idea of the good life, you start to mature. Yes. You meet new people. They put new things on your mind. Yes. You know what I mean? You yeah, start yeah. to change. Yeah. And then when you look back, you say, well, wait a minute. I don't really want all of those things, awesome. my idea of the good life has evolved. Yeah. And so one of the ways that we can unwittingly enslave ourselves is by persisting in pursuing dreams that no longer matter to us out of loyalty to a self mm. that we have now transcended. So, so I don't think there's anything wrong yeah. with following your childhood dreams. Yeah, if you yeah. wanted to be something as a kid and you still want to be that now, have at it. But please understand, the person that you are today is superior and wiser in so many ways than that kid. And you need to add layers to how you dream so that your dreams are keeping up with you. Don't spend all your time trying to keep up with what your dream once was. Spend some time making sure that your dream is keeping up with who you are becoming. Yeah. yeah. Evolve and your dreams will evolve with you. That's it. That's it. That's you it. You know, don't, don't go to the past. Um, that's so good, man. Because yeah. growing up, I thought rich was the, 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 the BMWs, the big houses. Now I'm like, no. I don't want rich. I want wealth. You know, I, I want I want leverage. I want, um, you know, I want margin. I I want freedom. And it's easy to feel like you've been a sellout when you've been vocal about those dreams in the past, mm -hmm. right? Let's say if you like me, and once upon a time 
you you wanted to be a professional musician and you were vocal about it. Yep. It's hard not to feel like when you do something like going to education that you're really giving up. Bro, bro I, I thought you wanted to uh, bro. be the next Brian McKnight. Nah. And, and now I see you teaching, you know, financial literacy at a high school. It looks like you're selling out. No. No. I haven't sold out. I've gotten answers to my questions. Exactly. And I have evolved and I've given myself permission exactly. to lean into who I am now. Exactly. Yeah. Nah, bro. You, you man, you, whoo, boy. You, 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 you talking my talk, brother. You, yeah. you, you talking my talk because I, I get that often. Yeah. Um, Anthony, you, you gave up. You know, because I, vo- I was vocal one time. Like, I want to be a youth pastor. Yeah. You know, that's my dream to be a youth pastor. And then when I left youth pastor, I was like, oh, you're a sellout. No, I can still pastor youth, but I can pastor them in this way over here. Yeah, I can make sure that they are good, that they are going to college debt-free. I can help them out in the world perspective uh, because I've evolved. I've done what God has called me to do over here for this season. Now I'm in a new season. And it's like, man, there's nothing wrong with evolving. And I want to say, say this to everyone listening. Let go of the people who will not let you evolve. Let go of the people who will not let you grow, mature, mm. and change and experience new things. Get around people who are pushing you to, to evolve, who will accept you changing, who will encourage you to challenge and to do new things. And, and just be there to pray for you, man. Yeah. Because, you know, those are the kind of friends that I'm, I'm around right now. My friends in the past— Bro, I probably have maybe one friend from middle school through college years. One mm-hmm. friend. And it's because none of them wanted to evolve. Mm-hmm. They wanted to stay in the same place. Um, they wanted to have some of these old mindsets and living excuses. And I believe that the greatest enemy to our success is our excuse. And what's that excuse? Is our fear of failure. Yeah. Can I say one more thing about dreams? Yes, do it, brother. And then you can kick me off. No, I'm not going to kick you off, brother, but, be, bro, I wish I had an hour show, bro. One, one, one more piece on this idea of letting your dreams keep up with you. I, I think about the story of Joseph. Okay. And how it's a powerful illustration of the importance of not equating the vehicle with the destination. Yes. Right? The vehicle is how you get there. Yes. The destination is where God intended you to be. Mm-hmm. And... Our dreams are by their very nature limited. Mm-hmm. We're finite. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be more to who we are than our dreams. Mm-hmm. And life in many ways is a process of coming to make better sense over time yeah. of our own dreams. In many ways, dreams are these symbolic representations of a more fundamental idea of what the good life is. Yeah. So you think about Joseph. His dream was very symbolic. Yeah. It's doubtful that he knew that that meant you're going to be a leader in this geographical region and your story is going to go down this way. He didn't know his story was going to go down that way. His dream appeared to him symbolically and he knew that he would be a great man. He knew that he would be a great leader. He knew that his brothers would bow down to him, but he didn't know the journey that was ahead. Come on, bro. And so he ends up being sold out and he is now a slave. Mm. And then he found favor in the sight of the slave master, and that man elevated him to a position of leadership. Could it be mm. that this is the fulfillment of my dream? Talking good. But then something goes wrong there, and now you're tossed in prison. <laughs> and in the midst of prison, you're serving to people, using your gifts to bless them. Could it be that this mm. is what my dream is all about? It's not until the end of the story that his dream mm-hmm. really begins to make sense. Yeah. And so 
sometimes we have these symbolic representations, and if you get attached to the symbolic representations, you lose sight of the power Mm -hmm. that those symbols represent. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, your dream is about your journey with God. Your dream is about the adventure of life that is God, that is with God. And as long as you're walking with God, you don't have to worry about missing out on any kind of good life because there is no good life outside of him. If God is faithful enough to make sure that Jonah ends up in his proper place when he is deliberately trying to run from him, how much more can he do for those who are seeking to do his will? Ladies and gentlemen, T.K. Coleman, that's his name. I don't need to close another way. This conversation has been rich. It's been it's been wealthy. There's been some wisdom. There's been some jewels in this. Um, I, I want you to go back and listen to this conversation again. This year, bro, I'm really challenging my the people who rock with me to go from dreams to actually practically accomplishing their dreams, turning mm. it into a vision, mm. getting out of debt, getting married, building healthy relationships, starting families, starting businesses. Mm. It starts with the dream, but let's go ahead and turn it into reality. Yeah. And I want to thank you for this conversation, bro. Um, how can my people connect with you um, on social? You got a website? You have anything like that? Check out The Revolution of One. That is my podcast. Okay. That's where you can find all my content. Go to fee.org slash rev1, F-E-E dot O-R-G slash R-E-V, the number, <laughs> not the word, one. Yo, we'll make sure to put all, put all that information um, inside of the show notes, man, so you all can check it out. Uh, connect with TK, man. This guy is wise. You can see him on uh, with my brothers, The Minimalist. He, you just did their documentary, mm-hmm. um, and they'll be on my show here in a couple of months as well. So I'm just, I'm just excited, man. So, y'all, that's it. That's all I got for you today. This is The Table with your boy Anthony O'Neill, my special guest, TK Coleman. And today we kept it real, relevant, and relatable. So I'm going to see you next week. Peace out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.